Good morning and welcome along to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. I'm your host, Frankie Mackay, producer Jacob alongside me, and over the next hour we're going to chat sport through a red and black lens. It's good to be back for another week in the chair. I know I sound a little bit terrible. Please do bear with. It's the sleep deprivation, I think, that's got to me after the ashes, after origin. But Jacob, how's your week been? How are you coping? England have gone 1-0 down in the ashes. Is... Is everything feeling okay in, in your camp? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right, Frankie. Um, you know, the the sun rose the next day. Um, I mean, in the early hours of me watching the ashes, I could I saw it rise, so I know I, I know for a fact it did. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, it was an excellent game one. I'm looking forward to game two at Lords. Yeah, I, I look. I've got to admit, I feel a little bit bad as well. Last week, you told your Ben Stokes story and admitted your Team England, and I just kind of left you hanging there. So I've actually got to admit this week that I am I'm Team Australia. They they've been my I guess second team since I was a kid. You know, and growing up, they were the they were the superstars. They were the ones that won everything. So uh, it sounds bad coming from a Kiwi, of course. We're not meant to like them, but that is. That is my second team. So we're going to have, I think, a lot of fun over the next five or six weeks as the Ashes go on. We're going to be sleep-deprived. But uh, what what's going on, though, with your mate Ollie Robertson? What what happened there? Spraying a guy who made, what, 140? Yeah. Yeah. No, Usman Khwaja, yeah, definitely one of the best Ashes innings um, I've ever seen, personally, in my uh, short years on this planet. But um, I, I kind of rate it, to be honest. I mean, if you... Ooh. The, the blokes hit you all around the park. I get I get the argument of um, he's taking you apart, so you should just be respectful and, and you know, clap him off gentlemanly like and uh, true cricket form. But I, I kind of like it. I mean, it kind of adds a bit more fire to the uh, to the Ashes, uh, Ashes uh, spirit. Um, but also, I don't really appreciate the, uh, the Australian ex-cricketers giving him a serve mm. after it. What do you think about that, Frankie? Oh, that's just that, that. Just I can't deal with that either. I'll disown those former cricketers. Just ridiculous. You come out, you're 50 years old, give or take, Matthew Hayden, spraying the guy who's probably going to turn up to a green seam of the next Test match and take Pfeiffer, and then the only person that looks stupid is Australia and Matthew Hayden. So it's it's silly for me. It's uh, I can't get involved in it. But hey, if that's what you got to do as fast bowler, you got to spray a guy who makes 140, then. Hey, look, good on you. He's got a great test match average, though, does Robinson. I think he averages 21 with the ball. So he's been pretty incredible to start. But, uh, yeah, clearly some of those those former players don't rate him, don't rate him at all. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. What about Origin, though? What about that? Were you, were you happy with the little the little spray and the little melee that went on at the end? <laughs> um, I'm an impartial viewer on the uh, state of Origin. Uh, but I did have a bet on, and I was quite peeved off that my bet involved Tom Drojevic, and he went off within three minutes. Um, mm. So I was peed off at that, and I was also peed off at uh, yeah the this you're right the serve at the end uh, from um, Jerome Luai, well standing over standing over um, mm. Daily Cherry Evans during the game too. It's just un, it's just unsportsmanlike. It's distasteful. Um, and then obviously Ado Carr at the end of the game, kind of. Pumping his chest, kissing the New South Wales badge in front of uh, the Queensland supporters at Suncorp. Um, I'm I'm not for it. I'm definitely not for it. But I can't like I can see if 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 they're winning the game, all good, no no problem with it. But because they lost, it's just ridiculous for me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, since you've gone into the 
the area of being peed off about things. <laughs> what I'm going to talk about is still kind of on the origin bandwagon is women's origin. It's only two games. Like what? So that just that absolutely does my head in. So it's one all. Queensland won the first one. Blues won uh, Thursday night. And it's not series tied. It goes on points aggregate. And I just think mm. that is the world's most stupid way to decide anything. So that's that's me getting annoyed first thing on a Saturday morning. That's that's exactly what you're after, and that's great. So what what a what a strong start from yeah. us. We've talked about ashes. We've talked about getting peed off straight away. So that's look, that's enough from the two of us. We've got a massive show coming coming your way. We could talk ashes the whole time, but we're not going to. We're going to have a little cricket chat though. It's going to be with Kate Anderson, one of the White Ferns' newest contracted cricketers. She had an excellent season uh, in the red and black for the Magicians. We're, we're going to have a local sports update coming your way as well. This week it's going to be out of the Burnside Rugby Club on the back of Tamaiti Williams' selection into the All Black squad. And of course, look, it's Super Rugby grand final day. We're of course going to talk about that. We're going to preview that match with former Crusader Tim Bateman. We're going to get all his thoughts and just find out what makes the Crusaders so good and why they are so good come finals time. So there's plenty coming your way so let's get into it. It's been an incredible 12 months for one of our Canterbury cricketers. She made the big move south to play for Canterbury, became a Super Smash title winner, is now the Super Smash season run scoring record holder, won almost every award possible at both the New Zealand Cricket and Canterbury Cricket Awards, and this week has been announced as picking up her first national contract as well. It is Kate Anderson. Kate, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? No, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, no, I'm good. Obviously, uh, pretty, pretty exciting and a little bit overwhelming week, you know, with the announcement, and you know, having so many, so many pe- people reach out has been has been really awesome. Um, yeah, so you know, a happy, happy week. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah, of course, and and nice to hear. There's been lots of people reaching out, but when you got that phone call, talk us through it. Who, who was it that gave you the call, and and where were you, and and what kind of happened from there? Um, I was working from home, and um, so yeah, I was just typing away on my computer, and then phone popped up. Thought it was a, another client. Um, trying to get something out of me and then I thought it was Ben's name um, popped up and I was like, oh gosh, what, what does he want, you know, is it, is it good news, is it bad news, is it a pocket dial, um, so he, he gave me the news and, you know, it was pretty, pretty exciting, he obviously had really nice things to say um, and it was, yeah, really cool, I guess, to, you know, get that call and to, to be involved for the, for the next season would be pretty cool. And who was the first person you got in touch with, was there someone you just were bursting to tell the news to? Yeah, told told my dad. So he's he's been with me on the on the journey. So um, he was he was really proud. I mean, starting off with all the the throwdowns he used to give me, and I mean, he probably got into cricket through watching him play Twilight. So um, he was at my first Canterbury game as well. So he's always made like a big effort to get to as many of my games as possible. So he was, you know, obviously overjoyed um, when I gave him the call and gave him the news, which was which was pretty special to share it with him. Yeah, of course. It's always a, a really special moment. But let's talk about a, another big moment, I guess, in your career. You, you made the decision to make the move from Northern Districts, get out of the pink and into the red and black of Canterbury. Was that something you actually had to think quite hard about? Was that quite a, a tough move at, at the stage of your career, I guess, to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for this big change, I'm, I'm ready for a move? I guess it was um, how it all came about was, was pretty exciting. I mean, you're one of the amazing players that plays for Canterbury, so I guess having players like you there was obviously a big a big draw card. Um, and I think I was just kind of at a stage where I was like, do I want to just keep, you know, being happy with chipping away at domestic cricket or do I really want to, like, challenge myself and, and make a big effort to, 
you know, try to get to the position that I guess I'm finding myself on the edge of right now. So um, it was a big decision, and I guess with, with where women's cricket is at as well, it's, it's not like you get paid much to, to make those, those big moves or really anything. So it is, it is tough. Like, it's not like you're, you're a full-time cricketer playing domestic cricket where they can, you know, pay you for all your relocation costs and everything like that. So I was still, you know, working for my Hamilton firm while, while being down in Christchurch. So being away from, you know, family and friends and I guess out of your comfort zone. But I sometimes think, you know, well, in this case, the grass was greener. So um, as much as it was a big move to make, I'm super glad I made it. And um, I think I kind of knew once I got stuck in, it would be okay. As, as scary as it was, you know, having having the call and then making the decision and then being like, oh, is this the, is this the right thing to do? Is this, you know... How do you go about it? Considering you know, not many people have done it. So, um, yeah, I guess it was a big, a big decision. But like, one, I'm super happy that I made. Um, don't regret a minute of it. So, nah, glad that I, glad that I did it. Yeah, you mentioned it. It's not something we see a lot in the women's competition. Is that player movement, and it, and it is because of the the lack of money, people having to work jobs, the family connections. There's a few people now moving around the place, so maybe trying to follow in your footsteps. But uh, you saw the light. You came to the red and black, but wasn't all smooth sailing to start with, was it? Game one, a very memorable one, I'm sure, but probably not for the right reasons. Was there a moment in that one that you were thinking, what have I done here? Can I say when you went injured after like five <laughs> overs of, of finally getting to play together and then Frankie's out for the season, was a bit like, what is going on? Um, I guess, yeah, it definitely wasn't the experience I kind of envisioned my first game, but I guess it became it became a bit of a cool story when, you know, at the end of the season, we're winning the Super Smash and making the HBJ final after that was where we started, but I definitely went home after that first weekend and was like, what have I done? Why have I done this? But, um, you know, I shouldn't look back after that, so it probably gave us a little, a little kick up the backside that we needed to... Um, you know, really kind of turn the season around and then have the success that came off the back of it. But yeah, definitely wasn't wasn't the dream start. Would have loved to have, you know, had a hundred in my first game for Canterbury or something. You know, that would go down in the history books. But maybe it went down in the history books for the wrong reason. Yeah, for those listening, I wasn't quite angling for me getting injured and, and having to put up my feet up for the season. I was actually angling it. Uh, for those Magicians fans out there, we did set a record, and it was getting bowled out for the lowest score ever, which I believe was 51, so it was a rather inauspicious start. But from that, you, you, you mentioned that T20 final, you mentioned winning the Super Smash final. You also had a pretty good day out, picking up 95 off just 62. When you turned up the morning of that game, did you have any indication that, that that's the day you were going to have out there? Not at all, not at all. I guess I was, I was kind of felt like if I faced more than one ball, um, I was going to score some runs because it was kind of how my season had gone. I'd kind of score 50 or a first ball duck seemed to be what was kind of happening. So um, I kind of had just a bit of a joke with myself that, you know, if I can get through the first ball, I can score some runs. Um, but no, definitely I showed up and I think, you know, I haven't played many, many finals or been in many big games before. So I think considering that I probably felt relatively... Um, unstressed which I thought would be the opposite of how I would feel considering kind of the situation but I guess you know we had some awesome people in the group you know South being around and Amy who were just so relaxed and experienced that I didn't really feel that pressure so I just was kind of in a position where I could just go out and have fun and you know try and contribute to the team and I mean at the end of the day lifting the trophy was probably the best result I could get but no I even now looking back at it I'm still like how did that happen like what happened so I mean even looking back now I still can't really believe it um but no, awesome to, to to get the win and to contribute as well. I mean, that's kind of why I play anyway, is to help the team win. And, you know, I would have been more than happy to get a first baller if we had have still won the game. So, um, you know, just happy with the result.
Yeah, always nice to be winning, getting into finals. You won a club title too, which is always nice, but it's been a massive season. It's been pretty full on. Have you actually had the time to, to sit back and, and reflect on it all and, and just give yourself a bit of a pat on the back as well? Um, probably, like, not really, because it seems kind of like, un- unreal that it happened. Um, even now, I'm like, how do, they, how do I do that? How do I, you know, try to do that again? Um, but obviously, it's, like, super proud and super happy just with the results. And I think, like, the big thing for me is I was just having so much fun. Um, I really enjoyed myself, and I, I just think it kind of made me realise that, like, when I'm having fun and when I'm being myself and when I'm feeling comfortable is when I can play my best cricket. And I guess it's just making sure that I can get myself into you know those positions where I am feeling like I can, I can you know bring yourself to work they say so, um, and just having fun, making sure that at the end of the day you know that's why you started playing, so making sure that's why you, what you um, even if it gets more harder and more serious in those tight moments, making sure that you're still having fun rather than kind of making it feel more like a job. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. It is a job now. There, there is that. Yeah, it is. That, that little bit of added extra on top of it, of course, an extremely exciting announcement that you're now on that New Zealand cricket contract list. It's, I know it's it's a goal for a lot of players around the country, yourself included, but what's this going to mean for Kate Anderson, the cricketer? I think it, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, um, it is it is tough to balance the full-time job and trying to, to train as much as I, I quite like to train. I like to hit a lot of balls. So I guess it kind of gives you that um, ability to do more of that with that... Um, I guess, financial support that you get. I guess you get more um, access and more availability of, of coaching and stuff like that, which hopefully just helps me get better. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all I really want to do and hopefully can continue to have the success I had last season for Canterbury, hopefully more success for Canterbury. And then, you know, if and when I get that opportunity to do it for New Zealand, um, that I get an opportunity to shine and hopefully have some success there as well would be, would be great. Um, yeah, but it's just awesome. I think, you know, you grind away for a long time feeling like this might just be, you know, domestic cricket, which I love playing. Um, so I think to be recognised and to get that opportunity to hopefully, you know, strive for those higher honours is, is awesome and just makes all the hard work worth it. But makes me know that, you know, the, the harder work probably starts now. Yeah, there was a little spot of bad luck in there, though. It wouldn't be cricket without it. little finger injury you picked up, and, and that's what's kept you out of this uh, upcoming Sri Lankan tour. What's, what's the outlook there? Um, yeah, very a very frustrating one to um, kind of still have it niggling away. But your yeah, surgery on Tuesday, um, and then an eight week recovery, or hopefully eight week recovery from there. So you know, hopefully back by mid late August, back into it and getting ready for the for the summer ahead. So I guess get it right now, and then hopefully don't have any more any more issues with it going forward. But yeah, definitely definitely frustrating when you know you're kind of missing out on what could be the first tour. But I mean, hopefully there's there's more opportunities ahead. Oh, there'll be plenty down the line I am absolutely sure of it now I know that as much as you're a, a very talented cricketer you're also pretty handy with the footy in hand now I think that's probably going to have to go on the back burner a little bit now with your recent contract coming in but there is a big game this weekend and of course it would be a little bit remiss not to talk about it you with I'm going to say a foot in each camp a Hamilton girl but now wearing the red and black what are you thinking is going to happen with this this super rugby final have you got a score prediction for us yeah, it's funny, before we started this, I'm actually a Highlanders supporter, so I'm a bit, I'm a bit all over the place. But, oh, look, I've, I've still probably got a, a foot in the Chiefs camp this year. Um, Crusaders win everything, give the Chiefs a go. But I think it's going to be it's going to be a close game. Hope the, hope the Chiefs don't fall at the last hurdle. Um, I think it'll be close. Chiefs, Chiefs 12 and under, I reckon, would be my, uh, my uh, tip. 
Like it, like it. And just for a little, for us Christchurch folk down here who are all eagerly looking at the weather, how are we looking? There is a bit of rain around, isn't there? Yeah, well, it rained this morning. It's um, a classic Hamilton day at the moment, I'd say. It's grey and overcast. So um, hopefully, it, hopefully it stays clear. I mean, no one really likes rainy, wet rugby weather. So hopefully it's, you know, as sunny as it gets in Hamilton, uh, which doesn't have to happen. But yeah, hopefully there's some nice rainy rugby weather. Um, we good. Hopefully it's a good game at the end of the day. Um, you know, I'd rather it was a good game, and I'm not too sure who wins. But yeah, hopefully a good, a good close game would be nice to finish the season. Yeah, good close game where the Crusaders get up and win, Kate. I think that's exactly what we're all about here no. at the Canterbury Sports Corner. But, uh, mate, look, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> no, no, we're at seven in a row. I think they're gunning for, but uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on it and see how we go. But anyway, look, look, thanks thanks so much for your time. It's always great to have a yarn. Talking cricket, we can't wait to see you back on the field this summer and just tearing it up once again. So thanks again, mate. No, cheers. Thanks, Frankie. That was Canterbury cricketer Kate Anderson giving us the rundown on her season, all things cricket, a little bit of footy chat in there as well. Of course, it's Super Rugby final day. We have to have that in there. So that's the first chat of the morning done and dusted. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back with what's going on in Canterbury. What's going on in Canterbury? Well, there's plenty as always. Well, we've got the 2023 Chocolate International Foods Festival. International Food Festival, a wide range of coffee, tea, artisan chocolate, cheese, pastries, delicious treats and art exhibitions. 10 till 3 at the Buddhist Temple in Christchurch, number 2 Harakiki Street in Rickerton, and that is free to go to. That sounds like absolutely a bit of me for the weekend. Along with that, you've got re Red Weekend at Two Thumb on Manchester. It's bringing rock and roll to the brewery as they take centre stage. That's from 6.30pm till 10pm. You'll find them at Two Thumb Brewing on Manchester, 352 Manchester Street. And that again is free to go to. If you feel like a little bit of a market for your weekend, this is Saturday and Sunday. The Encraftment Market is the premier craft market in Christchurch. Immerse yourself in a unique shopping experience where you can purchase quality handmade items. You'll find that at Pioneer Recreation and Sports Centre, 75 Littleton Street. As well, if you want something to go and tire the kids out, head along to Linwood Pool. They've got the inflatables there again. You can get into the Inflatable obstacle course, you can run yourself ragged 1 till 3pm. Linwood Pool, that's on Smith Street in Linwood, and that's just your standard pool entry fee to get along to that. And as well, something slightly different, your International Yoga Day celebration doesn't come along every day. So celebrating International Yoga Day by running talks on yoga, having some yoga lessons for beginners and others, all welcome. It's free to attend, 10 to 1, and that is at Te Hapua, the Horswell Centre, that's your Horswell Library, 341 Horswell. Road and that is free to attend and if Sunday well you need something to head along to there is a winter Christmas trail experience a magical winter Christmas trail a fundraiser by Zonta with eight beautifully decorated homes to immerse your senses in the festive spirit that's 10 till 4 on Sunday at various locations across Christchurch so check that out it's got a $75 cost to go along with it but it's sure to be an exciting one I would normally tell you all about the club sport I would normally have a club rugby game of the day that Donny Bell would provide to us but unfortunately club rugby that is gone that is cancelled with the weather on the way so it'll be hockey and you might be lucky enough to pick up a little bit of football for your sporting needs and of course there's plenty of places around Christchurch around the Canterbury region who will be showing the Crusaders a final tonight Burnside Rugby Club is one of them Aikman's is another but there's plenty to fill your weekend with it's going to be a brilliant one in the Canterbury region
Time to talk local sport now, brought to you by Trident Homes. Designed for living, built for life. Well, last weekend was a huge one for some of the Crusaders. A dominant win over the Blues to nab themselves a spot in the final. And then the All Blacks named Sunday night with a few new faces in there. One of them, Tamaiti Williams. He has been immense all season. And he's also a proud member of the Burnside Rugby Football Club. This morning we're catching up with rugby manager Brent Frew. Brent, how are you? How's everything going? I I hear there's some... uh, not great news about today's footy, though. Yeah, today's rugby has been cancelled due to the rain. Um, but hopefully the big game tonight will go ahead. Yeah, exactly. So you've got this all-black squad that's been named. Just just how big is it for a club to have one of your own named in that all-black squad? Oh, it's everything. It's the, the role of the club is to allow those who aspire for higher honours to achieve their dreams. And fortunately, we were part of just one step in the process for Tamaiti to achieve his aspiration of playing for the All Blacks. So, yeah, yeah were, it's really important to everybody in the club. You were around, weren't you, when uh, when he was recruited to Burnside Rugby Football Club? How, did you did you think you had a possible superstar on your hands even even back then? Yeah, um, yeah, we did. Tamaiti's always had something special about him. The big thing he had was untapped potential. Um, he's a huge colossus of a man, and he he got to where he got to in schoolboy rugby just on natural ability. I mean. They never put him in a gym to do weights because he just got too big. So that gives you an indication to the strength of the boy. Um, Crusaders recruited him along with Zaya Punavai and they brought him along to our club. We met with him. He liked what we said. He could see him being part of our club and culture and environment. So he uh, decided to join us, which was great. Um, when when he came to us, we could see the potential in him um, because, as I said, the natural ability had got him to where he was going to, where he had got to, and then now he was going into a, an environment where he would have to work, and the hardest thing he had to do was uh, keep pushing, extending himself, because he didn't like pain, if I could say it. He, he used to hit the ceiling and then back off. So, And it was obvious in how he played for the Crusaders, like the the first couple of games, he'd, he could only last 15, 20 minutes. Then as time progressed and people put time and effort into him, and he started to believe in himself that he could play 40 minutes, 50 minutes. And then the quality of those 40 and 50 minutes got better and better with his ball carries, his work rate, his uh, second efforts, his second touches. See, it just didn't happen overnight. So all credit to him, he's put the effort 
if it in term, if it in and the reward has been selection in the All Blacks. Yeah, well, his, his development has been, oh, it's been mightily impressive, and I think as well for for a prop, it's it has been pretty quick. It's it's probably fair to say, but I'm I'm guessing no one at your club's probably too shocked with that once they saw this guy putting in the work, starting to get those results. I'm I'm sure you weren't shocked at all because, you know, he plays both sides sides of the scrum as well. Like, just how difficult is it for a young guy to not just have to essentially be specialising in one position, but but two. And doing it as well as he is. Yeah, uh, to use an analogy from Mike Cron, playing both sides of the scrum is like wiping your hands, wiping your bottom with both hands. One's natural and one's not so natural. So to be able to do both sides is uh, a pretty big feat, to be fair. The other thing he brings, he brings a lot of size. You know, the All Blacks aren't the biggest team in world rugby, but Tamaiti's a, a huge human being. And he brings a bit of niggle as well. He, he As his self-belief's grown and the competitive nature in him's come out, so he, he, he hasn't got a reverse gear in his body on a rugby field. Uh, he's good at going forward, particularly post-collision. You know, he can get them over another one to two metres. That's uh, it's a big help to the team. Yeah, well, I tell you, if that man's running full tilt at me, I don't think I'd like to get in the way of him, that's for sure. He is an absolute colossus, and we see him... We see him on the field. We see the skills he's got. He's pretty fleet-footed. He's strong in the carry, as you mentioned. He's got really silky skills to go along with being a, a, an excellent scrummager. But what's the big fella actually like? You know, what what's he like off the field? <laughs> he's a very humble and nice young man. He just recently got engaged to a primary school teacher. Uh, so there's all different aspects of his life coming together. He's got great parental support. The family quite often comes down from up Northland uh, and supports him. Um, when he first got here, he, in some ways, you'd call him quite naive in a couple of different aspects. One, just in life, he, he had to grow up pretty quickly. The second thing is pretty naive to what it's gonna what it would take to become the best rugby player that he could be and with a lot of support which he's grateful for he, he's been able to do it um, and he'd be the first to admit that he's um, been able to achieve it through the support of other people since we've got you here my last quick question for you is Who's going to win it? What's your score prediction? I would say that before last week I would have said Crusaders by 13 and under. I'll be bold and say Crusaders by 13 and over. Oh, I love it, Brent. I love it. That's what we like to hear. That is 
a great score prediction for the game. I hope that's what we see. Brent Frew, thanks so much for your time. It's been awesome, mate, to chat. Get a bit of insight into our newest All Black squad member and uh, just a big thanks from us again. Thank you very much. And that was your Trident Homes local sports update. Proud supporters of community sport across Christchurch. Check out our modern home plans and show home locations at tridenthomes.nz. Quick break here before we are going to wrap the show talking all things Crusaders ahead of that massive Super Rugby final. Radio, it is Crusaders time. It is the biggest game of the weekend. The Chiefs are hosting the Crusaders Super Rugby final time. Well, the Chiefs, of course, they top the table. They earned the right to host the final. The Crusaders blew the Blues off the field last week. 52-15 winners. And joining me today is former Crusader Tim Bateman. Tim, thanks so much for joining me. How are you feeling ahead of this big final? Oh, super excited. Super excited! It's been a um, it's been a really interesting year um, for the Crusaders and the Chiefs. Have obviously, been so dominant, and uh, I know there's going to be a lot of um, you know a lot of emotions going through the Crusaders camp this week. With some you know people moving on, have been such a big part of of the organisation for such a long time. So it's um, yeah, I'm really excited, um, but nervous for them too actually because it's a big one. Obviously, tomorrow night. Yeah, let's let's take a step back though. Let's have a look at that that semi final. Is that the most impressive, comprehensive performance you could have actually asked to see come come semi-finals time. Oh, I think it was. Yeah, it was definitely um, probably one of the more dominant performances or finals performances I've seen um, ever, really. And in, in Super Rugby, it was. Um, I mean, the intent from the from right from the start was was pretty impressive. And the Blues are a genuinely quality side, obviously. You know, and so um, for for the Crusaders to sort of play the way they did under that sort of pressure. Um, was quite impressive. I suppose that the only caveat with that is there's so many times um, throughout history that teams can get up and, and put in a really big performance for a final. Doing that twice is often quite challenging if you think about you know, the All Blacks beating Ireland in the semi-final and then falling over against England. Um, and there's a number of times like that. England obviously playing really well against, against the All Blacks in that semi-final of the World Cup and then, and then not performing against South Africa the following week. So it's sort of backing it up is obviously the, the most important thing to do now. Yeah, there is that little concern, isn't there, that you, you maybe worry you know, playing like that last week. They've peaked peaked too early, made, maybe played their final a week too early. But you know, if anyone's going to pull it out, it feels like the, the Crusaders. Again, they picked up another injury last week. McAllister out, George Bell comes in for his first game of the season. But it just has that feel that Crusaders just managed to keep on keeping on. 12 out injured, just, just how do they do it? Yeah, it's um, it's it is a strange sort of part of their DNA, I guess. And I mean, that's I still remember Justin Marshall coming in and he spoke with us in 2017. We were over in, in South Africa pre-playing the Lions, and he came in and he talked about oh, this is what Crusaders do. You know, we 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 make big finals, we perform in big finals, and we and we love to travel and and perform as well. And um, so it, it is. It's a, sort of it's a part of their DNA. At the same time, this Chiefs outfit is has got a real amount of steel to it. That, that's all, the only way I could sort of describe it. I, I mean, I, I worked with Clayton McMillan, the Māori All Blacks, for a um, while, and he's tough. And, he, he, and the way that they play the Chiefs, they're, they're a super tough team. And so um, it's going to be it's going to be a, a brutal affair, I'm sure. Um, you know, that, that front five of the Chiefs, you know, that, that's... Uh, sorry, the back five of the Chiefs, that's a, that's a quality of the whole pack, really. But that back five in particular, you know, that's a, it's a pretty quality side they've got there. Yeah, well, you mentioned 2017, and, and you actually won a title back then. Can you give us a bit of a glimpse into 
into the Crusaders camp and, and what this week would have been like building up to, to finals day? Yeah, so I was lucky enough to be a part of um, four um, Super Rugby Championships, so it was 2008 and then 17, 18, 19. Um, and it's, it's always... They're always they, each of those are really different um, in their experiences and, and, and stuff, but at the same time, there's real similarities through that week. It's a real sense of excitement in, in the group. Um, as, as obviously, there's less teams lucky enough to have an, an, another Monday or another Tuesday, and mm. the ability to go and, and play in a final. It's, it's what you it's what you prepare for. It's what you're talking about at the start of the season or in the preseason, wanting to to, to get to, and so. There's just a huge amount of excitement, I'd say. Um, there's obviously that added layer of pressure and, and worry and concern. And, you know, often people are managing little niggles and stuff. So there's all these other little bits and pieces going on in the background. But I'd say overwhelmingly, the Crusaders, they approach finals with a huge amount of excitement and, and like lean into it and, and, and uh, wanting to embrace it rather than sort of shirk away from it. So... Um, I think this week will be extra special, as I mentioned earlier, just with the likes of the quality of players and coaches and stuff that are. This is their last, their last hurrah in the Crusaders jersey, so um, there'll be a, probably an added layer of of, um, of emotion going on there too. You know, from from an outsider looking in, you, I, I watch the Crusaders, and I know a lot of people feel like this. You watch this team, and, and they're good. They're week in, week out. They're a good side. It comes to finals time, and it's almost like. They grow in another leg. They they just have this ability to go to another level. Is that a little bit from from being involved in that environment, being part of it? Is that a bit what it felt like? You you turn up to trainings and all of a sudden the intensity's just through the roof. That you go, yeah, this is this is finals time. This is what it's all about. Yeah, there's a really interesting quote. Um, I don't know who said it originally, but it sort of it's it's you know it, it's been a jury to a Navy SEAL, and they, it's I think it's a, a good way to describe the way the Crusaders approach this is it's not about rising to the occasion it's about sinking to your training and um i think that's one thing that the crusaders do really well they've they've they they prepare day in day out at training um with real quality and real intent and everything they do and so when it comes to those big occasions it's it's it's, it's genuinely about that it's about sinking back to what you know um and what you've done over and over again you know if you do anything extra you're there for a reason and and you've been working on all those little that, that little pass or that tackle or that double shoulder or that, that clean out for so long, you're sort of sinking back into to what's known. And I suppose the only real difference is you've probably got, you've got to put in a little bit more, you know, for a little bit longer and it's going to be a little bit harder. You know, it's, um, finals do have this intensity about them that, um, you know, regular season games don't have. But it really is about trying to sink back, back to your training, really. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. And of course, there's there's been all these injury concerns. There's been probably everything going on that there possibly could be. It's made it a little tough. But Sam Whitelock, he's back for the the last one. He gets one more run out in the red and black. How just how big is that for for this Crusaders side? Honestly, Sam is incredible. He says as a player, as a person, as a leader. Um, he really is fantastic, both on and off the field. I'm lucky enough to play with him for a number of years, and and um, and I was on the other side of the pitch against him a number of times too. And um, I don't know, he's just added so much to so many people in this environment. And so um, it's an end of an era. Uh, I know, I know he'll be he won't be thinking about anything else other than just preparing today and getting himself, you know, step by step ready for the game tomorrow. But 
I really do hope there's a moment that he gets at some stage after finishing up um, where he can reflect and, and just be really proud of what he's done. I know that the, that the playing group and the ex-players and current players, you know, they all feel so strongly about Sam that he's an incredible player, incredible captain, captain and he's done so much for, for such a long time. So I'm excited for him. And it, you know, it's a bit, of, a bit of sadness in there too, I guess, you know, a, a bit of an end of an era. Yeah, for sure, and and I think it it just adds to the occasion, doesn't it? Really, you've got an All Blacks announcement that happened. You've got a couple of young guys who are going to be over the moon. The fact they've been included, you're going to have a little bit of some some disappointed players in the mix as well. You've got players who it's their last game in the red and black. Of course, it's the last one for Razor as well. Is this all extra motivation, or can it possibly be maybe a little bit of extra emotion that that could get in the way? Yeah, I don't think they'll be needing any extra motivation. I mean, going up and playing against the Chiefs um, at home is, is more than enough motivation. All these little things, I suppose, could be potential distractions, and that's just that's just what that's the nature of professional rugby. I mean, the, the reality is everyone has distractions all the time. Every single player, um, regardless of what's going on in their life, there is a distraction. You know, there's whether it's stuff going on with with work or family or whatever else that's going on. So these guys are the are quality operators, you know, and so um, I've got no doubt they'll be able to sort of set all that stuff aside and just and, and just focus in on nailing the, nailing the moment. I mean, you mentioned Razor, you know, how incredible has he been for the last, mm. you know, you know, seven years um, with the Crusaders. I'm the Richie Maunga, obviously. I mean, there's a number of guys I probably shouldn't be naming them, but um, it's, yeah, it's definitely going to be a special night for a number of for a number of players and coaches. Yeah, for sure, and you hope there's that little bit of a a fairy tale finish. I know that there was some joking on our, our morning show that how good would it see to be Razor doing his uh, break dancing up at FMG Stadium, Waikato. But but how much of that home advantage? How much does that play a part come finals day? Well, it's you know there's a there's a reason the statistics would say that it is hard. <laughs> it's um it's funny like I I, I lost three semi finals against the Bulls um. And I, each time I went to those games, I thought, look, that was, that was all up in South Africa, each one of those games. Um, and every time I thought we were the better team, I thought we prepared really well and, and we'd beaten them quite convincingly earlier in the season. And then come finals time, they just grew an arm and a leg and it seemed like the whole crowd and the momentum. And just there's something about... Um, uh, there is... Home, home field definitely has lots of little tiny one percenters. I think. I don't think there's like a one big thing but you know the, the sleep in the night in your own bed the night before the the, the, the same amount of preparation with the standard preparation where you're not you know in a, in a foreign environment and obviously that little bit of support maybe the referee you know influenced a little bit more there's all these little tiny uh, influences that go on but at the same time the better team will always win you know the better team on the day will always win regardless of where it's been played and so um it's um yeah, it's all about just being able to hone hone in on what you need to do and, and, and executing it in those crucial moments. Yeah. Well the Chiefs, they've been the form team. They they've had the wood over the Crusaders so far this season. What do the lads in the red and black need to do to, to beat them, to get one over them when it really matters? Uh, I mean it's obviously it's there's a there's a huge amount they need to do. Um but for me it all it's gonna boil down to that to the collisions. Um the, the Chiefs seem to be, um, you know, they're sort of the masters of the dark arts, really, you know, the way that they, they shift bodies, you know, and, and the Crusaders, you know, that's their DNA as well. And so I think the game will be won and the collisions and, and ultimately, you know, collisions are about intensity and, 
and you know and, and smart you know if you if you're running into brick walls where they're strong you know then winning that collision is going to be difficult so you've got to get that balance right of playing into space but then when you are taking collisions that you're really dominating those collisions so i think it's going to be um yeah pack on pack you know man on man it's there's incredible matchups right the way across the field, but I think it's going to be, yeah, one and lost in that little area for me. Yeah, well, there's a little bit of weather around too, so there's there's going to need to be some some big work done by the lads up front, that's for sure. But I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. A score prediction. Where do you see this one going? Yeah, wow. Well, I mean, I can't see it being high scoring. Um, I, I think it'll be, you know, that maybe. Um, I guess is sort of maybe 24-19 Crusaders, something like that. Like it, like it, like it. And while I've got you, Tim, I've actually got one slightly different question just to head away from it. I'm a librarian is actually my day job, so this is something pretty close to my heart. And I believe now you're in the you're in the business of writing some picture books. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So that's a bit of a bit of a random one, but that, absolutely, yeah. I've written a couple of children's books, um, so. Yeah, the sad banana and the lonely lemon. They're two that are out there at the moment in, in uh, bookstores around New Zealand, what calls and paper plus and, and whatnot. Um, and I've got two more on the go at the moment. So, um, yeah, the angry apple and the worried watermelon. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it's a little bit of fun. Um, I've always enjoyed writing and, um, yeah, a couple of sort of key messages in there that I, I think are important to get across to young kids. And, yeah, it's a little bit of fun. Mate, I think that is so cool. I love that. I will definitely be keeping an eye out for, well, the fruit salad series. I, I think it's. I think that's a really, really cool thing to be doing. So, yeah, thanks, thanks for that, Tim, and thanks so much for your time as well. I, I think this final is is going to be an epic clash. I think you're right on the money with with everything you've had to say, and I know I'll be nervously watching at home, cheering the lads on. So, yeah, thanks again, Tim. We we really appreciate it and uh, enjoy it, even though it might be a slightly nervous watch. Yeah, thanks very much. I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Can't wait for tonight. It has been an absolute pleasure talking red and black sport with you all this morning. That's us, done and dusted. Have a great weekend. Enjoy that rugby final. It's going to be a massive one. We'll be back next weekend here at the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner, hopefully still talking about a mighty Crusaders win. Thanks for joining. Up the Saders. I live my day at the